Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We have a great episode here for you this morning. We talk a lot about circumstantial probabilities and kind of like the odds of you being at this spot in your life at this very moment and kind of gets a little bit unfathomable and wonky in terms of figuring out what the odds are of you being here right now listening to this podcast. You know, a little bit scary if you think about it too much. So we talk a lot about that and and how to even compute a statistic that small and kind of uh, the level of appreciation that we all have for where we're at and uh, and hoping that you all can find some clarity in listening to this as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the weekly call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call, episode 101. I feel like Zoe 101, no? Dude, that's exactly exactly what I was thinking. A little, uh, what's it called? PCA? I'm thinking uh, 101 Dalmatians. I don't know if you guys know what that is. (laughs) 101 Dalmatians? You watch that a lot? No. There was just in the barbershop I used to go in when I was a kid in Jordan. He just had that poster all the time. I just always stare at it while he's cutting my hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do we have to play this in honor of our? Uh, no, no, I don't want to edit this. <laughs> I don't want to edit this. I don't even know what this is. Come on, come on. I haven't seen this in so long. <laughs> Ten million? What is this? You've never seen this ever? No. Dude. Oh, so good. This is like the song of uh, of like any mid to late '90s kids. No? Amber's law. Amber thinks we're pulling a prank on him right now, if you could see his face. Is that Keanu Reeves? This is Jamie Lynn Spears, yeah. The intro song kind of slaps, not gonna lie. It's not terrible. It totally slaps. It's not gonna, yeah. Like, if you're listening to the weekly call right now and you also watch Zoe 101 growing up, pour one out. Pour out your coffee or whatever if you're listening at 6 a.m. Pour like one out. <laughs> Dude, do you even know what that means when you pour one out? Isn't it like... When someone dies, you yeah, pour one out. Yeah, that's actually not the beer. right... Yeah, exactly. That's pour out a beer. You pour one out for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, the podcast <laughs> can only go up from here. So um, how are you doing, Amber? Man, I, I'm doing I'm doing great. The numbers came in for April and... Uh, uh, for my t- for our total profitability and we're up like uh, we hit 300% profitability so whatever I sp- every dollar I spent on the business in April I made three back 
which is pretty crazy. That's uh, that's phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, not big numbers at all, but uh, it's it's still. What would big step- numbers look like? Oh, you don't uh, mean? Oh, you, I mean that's a big uh, a big return, but not big numbers. That's what you. No, mean. that's not a, that's not a big return. Okay, what do you mean three, by big? Three, three to one is is big return. In, but you in just our, mean there wasn't a lot of revenue. Yeah, not a lot of revenue. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean painting would be even more than that. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, because my marketing cost is only like three to five percent, and we make like ten. It'd be know, twenty. 10 to 10x. One. Yeah. 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 But like, there's. Uh, no, but there's twenty to one, but we also have to deliver the project, right? Whereas Ammer is three to one, and then he's hands off. Yeah, but if you're talking about money invested, yeah, it's fair not, enough. But there's also a yeah. little bit more sweat on our part, right? I, w- I would agree. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Just, just like for context, a two to one return is is like great. Yeah. Like that's that's within KPI. So like we're exceeding KPI, and we finally got our credit card, which means I'm launching a barrage of new Facebook ads. You finally got your credit card. You sound like a teenager. You finally got. Dude, da- our, Daddy I, gave you I, a credit card. Dude, it's so much harder than you'd ever think to get a corporate credit card. I was actually shocked at how hard it was. Is it actually that hard? Dude, February second. Yeah. I did the application. It's been th- it's so. Like that's three actually months. a good question. Why, like, I have a corporate bank card, like a like a debit card, essentially. Why yeah. is why is the why is the credit the card credit because so much? There's harder? limited liability, right? Because you exactly. can essentially claim bankruptcy and dissolve into this, into nothing. Is that like is that? The yeah, way? like even for me, like in order for me to actually get like a reasonably good limit on my credit card or my corporate card, I had I had to uh, actually take some of my personal limit. Transfer. And transfer it to my corporate, which I didn't need really much. I don't spend much on my personal card, so it didn't work. Didn't really make a big deal. Then when I was applying to like increase the limit on my personal. Uh, corporate card, oh. it was a total mm. fucking hassle. Despite mm. me having like you know, there's no debt in the company. There's you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was just like I was like I was just even like, it, like I thought I was getting interrogated. Is this so you could have like a like an account open like a like a credit account or something charged? No, like I wanted store? my credit card to like be like I think it was like a ten grand limit, and it was like. You no, but you wanted the credit card for uses of like having an account, a credit account open at a store that you buy materials or something or what? Like I, I have a bank, TD. Right. And I wanted them to raise my limit from five to 10,000. No, but I'm just asking what your main expenditures needing a corporate credit card are. That was my question. Uh, literally anything. So you just rather money? accumulate points on business expenses is essentially your mentality then? No, but it's two different things. Like, yeah. what do you mean? My business, I like if, like, a, yeah, man. Hey Austin, like it looks like we're gonna have a really fun <laughs> conversation about <laughs> hey, how, you're, how you're totally fucking yourself here. Okay, so walk me through it. Well, so there's Austin Trudeau. Yeah. Well, you're not incorporated that yet, yeah, though, I am. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so there's Austin Trudeau, and there's um, you know, I'm just gonna make it. I don't know what's your corporate uh, name. Uh, my corporation is AJ Trudeau Enterprises. There you go. So those are two different things. <laughs> Like like that like way wor- way worse than Aurelius Holdings as a name. But, yeah, no, but Austin, like like imagine I was just like spending like I was imagine like just like when I was gassing at my car, I was using Trisha's credit card. Why like why would I do that? That would make zero sense because I I would have to pay Trisha back, right? Right. No, I understand that you would spend money in your corporation when you're buying stuff. I understand that. I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm trying to ask why a credit card versus a debit card. Like why the credit? 
transaction oh, limits. Oh, well, one, one debit cards you should never use. Like they're not, they're not remotely as safe as a credit card. Like True. if, if you ever had like your, your access card, like compromised, it's a total pain in the ass. Like if someone went and like tapped your credit, your, your bank card and like hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars removed, it would take months to get that resolved. Whereas I've had my credit card compromised multiple times, less than 24 hours, it was 100% resolved. Right. So because the credit card companies, well, yeah, the credit card companies, you're 100% not liable for any transactions that aren't you. Like there's zero debate there. Right. If that, if that, if that wasn't the case, then Visa and MasterCard would lose so much market share because that's one of the biggest sales features is that you, you have no risk. Like if someone stole your card and spent your money, you wouldn't be on the hook for it. Right. Right. Whereas right, right. with a debit card, like that's a huge, like, because that's real money. Like, like, so, like the bank is definitely not, like, that's not, that's not a small thing. So there's that. Um, the other thing too, is that um, when, when you're spending it on credit, um, you, you are, you, you are accumulating points of some sort. Yeah, so like so for me, for example, asking. I probably put like, I don't know, 70, probably 70 grand on my, um, on my credit card every year, like uh, my corporate mm-hmm. one. So whatever, you know, the 2% I get back, I mean, that's, you know, 1400 bucks. Why mm-hmm. would I, why would I not like, I'm not gonna, like, I wouldn't pay $1,400 to have less features on my debit card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's why, that's why I was asking. Cause I was trying to understand what the benefits were of just having. Sorry. I thought you meant like between you. Yeah. And, why having like, a corporate yeah. card, why using corporate money at all? No, I get that. Yeah. No, no. So yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like personally. Yeah, no, <laughs> you were like, definitely. all right, Austin. What the hell are you doing? I know. Like, I was thinking they did. This is going to be an interesting way of running your business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. The, the reason why you wouldn't want to use a corporate uh, card. Well, another thing too. I mean, I don't know if what bank you're with or how if it's different. But like corporate cards are also kind of <clears throat> the debit cards are kind of annoying because they're very non-discreet. They don't say anything on them, and you can't tap them, oh. which is really annoying. Yeah. Interesting. So, so yeah, no getting corporate cards have any time. Getting Sorry, my credit Andrew. card is it, it's a the reason it was even extra hard was because it's a US credit card. So like in US currency. So from this like literally from May 1st onwards. Right. We're now operating only in USD, which is pretty exciting. Right. Um all my expenses are in USD, all my profits are in USD. So uh yeah, pretty hyped about that. Um, and Did yeah, you watch that video on how that was an illusion, by the way. I didn't no, but I believe you. No, actually I didn't. I'm going to go believe. write that down to watch it. Yeah. Um, but man, it's been going great. We've been getting insane testimonials. I've been posting one testimonial a week with like, I the saw customer. one and it was you incredible. Did? Which, yeah. which one did you see? Um, it was like this couple. Who, yes. Oh, yeah. Casey and Newell. What'd you think? Pretty epic. Yeah. So it's just so much fun, man. Like I'm having so much fun with this business. It's like, you guys don't even understand. So, um, happy for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's coming. Oh man. The future is so exciting. I can't, I can't believe it. Success is coming. I already feel successful. I already feel I'm in the right place where I should be with the right people. And um, the money will come, but I already do feel successful because like my customers are Fantastic. succeeding and that's, that's insane. So um, yeah, pretty excited. Once we ramp things up, I think May is going to be a big indicator. Um, our first six figure month is going to be such a wild milestone. You guys don't even understand. Like I'm going to, 
that day is gonna change my life. And that's the cool thing about this business. I'm always one month away from having a six-figure month, always. And it's like... Once you crack the code. Ooh, baby. So that's that's how I'm doing. Uh, I also been listening to a bunch of Robert Greene podcasts. I don't know why. Does he have his own podcast? No, he's just always as a guest. And he had one with Joe Rogan. And I'm like, dude. How old is it? With Aubrey Marcus. Yeah, dude. What a... Dude, that one was so good. What a podcast. And then I just like went back and started rereading some of his books. And I'm like, dude, this guy's actually so underrated. Like, I'm slowly turning into a Robert Greene fanboy. Yeah, Robert Greene is so underrated um, completely. You know when he wrote the, the, the book of Laws of Human Nature, he actually had a stroke? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he like took a, him seven years to write it and he had a stroke because he put himself on death ground. Yeah. What do you mean by put himself on death ground? You don't remember this, like, Austin? Death what, ground? I just understand. Like, I've mentioned this like multiple times. On but the what do you mean by death ground? Point. Oh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's actually like a... I think it's originally from Sun Tzu, but Robert Greene talks a lot about putting it himself is. on death ground, which is. is which is essentially like... Like, for example, you could say to your painter, like, actually, we, we actually do it a lot um, <laughs> okay. in, in, in painting and just by, it's just in the systems artificially, but you, your painters only get paid for jobs they complete. And so they're on death ground if it's Friday of the payroll and they have to get that job. Like, that's death ground. Like, they're going to fucking bust okay, their ass yeah, to you get have it, spoke about Right. This. Or like burning the ships that's putting you on death ground. Right. Like, yeah. um, the, the classic example that Sun uses is if you put the ocean at your back and the enemy at your front. Your your men will fight harder than they've ever fought before because they have there's no there's no way of retreating. They either have to drown themselves or they have to fight to 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 live. And they yeah, the best generals would would keep recreating these situations. They'd look at a landscape and they'd put their army in that position consistently. Well, Hmm. not quite. Like like they would use it when when it when necessary, but you wouldn't want to use death because the the thing. I'm just quoting Robert Greene. I'm just quoting Robert Greene. Robert Greene has said that on the Joe Rogan podcast. You're not. You're not. No, was, no, dude. I'm like. I'm like. I'm currently like listening to the Thirty Three Strategies of War by Robert Greene for like the twentieth time on audiobook. Like, and like, it's just okay. Maybe not just, always. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't I, have I, used yeah, the yeah, word. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. The consistently part. Yeah, Death Ground is definitely like a like a niche strategy in war. You're not. You're not. You don't want to be constantly putting your army in a life or death situation constantly. Yeah, I guess like, like I guess as in true. yeah, like. Okay, like, wait, I want to quiz the you, death John. Ground is total annihilation or like you survive. Okay, here's a quiz. Who do you think from from all the people that John Green looks up to, which historical figure Robert he has Green, cited? Right? Robert Green. Yeah. Robert Green. What, what I, I just want to make sure. John I just, no, Green. I just want to make sure. He yeah, said yeah, John yeah. Green. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. John, if, like, there was, John like, Green's a, third, a YouTuber. Like, a actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He's a very, very, very popular YouTuber. Um, of which historical figures? Does Robert Greene cite as a great leader? Napoleon. Not Napoleon. It's not Napoleon. Well, that's his. That's actually his. Fi- Dude, come on. That's. I mean, we're, just... is this like? Is this like? Is this like Trivial Pursuit? Um, <laughs> probably, no, but no, but but Napoleon um, is actually like the like in in his categories for leadership. Um, that's like one of his like, yeah, like that's like his no no like his pinnacle. No, the, the greatest leader that, that that's able to shift culture really efficiently. That's that's that that type of leader. So if you know shift that. culture. Um, yeah, like like, like he would come in there and complete Henry Kissinger. Oh, interesting. Yeah, was it? Um, remember the Marshall Plan? I was just listening to this and I was like, I found this so interesting. So, 
before the Second World War, the British knew that they had to go to war with Germany. And the, the, the Secretary of Defense uh, was just looking at the, the, the men that he had in the country, like, who were responsible for the defense, and were basically like, these guys are just like old men collecting salaries, like, in niches, in little groups. They're just there for political reasons. There's actually no work being done. <laughs> They're just, like, moseying on, and, and we're going to get wiped out. So they got Henry Kissinger to come in, and... Uh, and he, within like three years, he like fired so many people and shifted culture around because he was talking about like how company culture is so hard to change. And uh, as a leader, you should always be instilling that, the people looking at you for your culture. And, you know, some like a, a company like Microsoft with 20,000 employees, like good luck changing that culture. But he cites Henry Kissinger for coming in and, and in three years completely changing a culture for one of the most broken like divisions in the country. And I found that well, to be like fascinating. Even even larger scale, which is, is so fascinating, um, would, would be uh, Franklin Roosevelt and how he basically changed the entire mentality of America. Because, mm. uh, and, and this would be like I think it was called the Hundred Days, and essentially like so America's in like in like the depths of the Great Depression, and he comes and he gives this inaugural speech and with the first hundred days of uh, his presidency, he basically did like more in a hundred days than most presidents would do an entire four year term. And he basically just set the pace that things are different. We're doing things different. Like here's a small example of how to the detail he went to prove to the people that, Hey, like, like I'm not just another president that we're going to do things differently and we're going to treat you right. And we're going to make this, Mm. we're going to make this country great again, basically during the inaugural uh, inauguration. uh, Most presidents basically like the, you know, the bishop basically just like, like, here's all your vows. And then the president says, I do. Uh, whereas Franklin Roosevelt repeated every single vow and said, I, you know, Franklin Roosevelt, you know, wow. yeah. And he went through like, like, like that's like how into detail he was about how he was going to be different. Right. Um, and, and so he changed the entire, I mean, essentially mentality. He would, and, and he had like the fireside chats, right. Where he basically explained a lot of what was going on to the average American, uh, over the radio, which was new technology at the time. Like imagine, in, in a sense, actually, chats? kind of similar to how Trump like spoke over. Yeah, he would he would in the White House he would just sit you know basically you know wow. at, next to the fire and uh, over the radio right uh, which was like really kind of cutting edge technology at the time it's similar to how Donald Trump used Twitter in a sense you know like you yeah, know like yeah. you know how uh, people are like oh Donald Trump used Twitter it's like well I mean radio was a pretty new fucking thing too right so. Um, Either way, and so he would basically he explained the entire banking like the whole banking crisis like why it happened right he was like hey everyone like you know you know how when you go to the bank like you know because think of mind I mean, most people this is probably not even probably people, most people don't even know this to this day but he's like hey you know when you went to the bank and you couldn't take your money out right and you're like the money's all gone well here's how banking works basically when you deposit money into the bank it doesn't just go into a vault and they just keep it safe for you and the reason why they can pay you you know, an interest rate for your savings is because they actually then go and loan that out. And then he explained how, yeah, if you guys all went to the bank at the same time, there wouldn't be any money available. And it doesn't mean that the bank is necessarily, you know, in a bad situation. It just means that, you know, there's just not money there right now. And Mm -hmm. so then that causes panic. He's like, and so he just, he literally just explained all this and and regained that, basically changed the entire um, mood of the entire country from being like so pessimistic to like, oh my God, like we're going to bury 
cash in our backyards, the world's going to shit, to basically, you know, uh, the day after he gave that that speech and reopened the banks, because he actually had a banking holiday for five days, um, there was lineups at the bank, and uh, one of the one of the uh, bank owners came and, you know, it was, he thought it was another day of people showing up to d- withdraw money. He's like, we don't have enough cash. And the people are like, no, 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 we're here to deposit. He's Whoa. like, what? Yeah, and the lineup was around the, because everyone after hearing the fireside chat had faith again in the banking system. And then, then of course, the country got out of the depression, right? But pretty wow. fucking insane, right? I didn't Imagine, know that, man. Yeah. That There you go, yeah. Roosevelt. I actually had a really interesting conversation on that subject with one of my clients who happens to be an economist. And I was talking to him about the financial implications of COVID and, and around subsidization and, um, you know, printing money, essentially, to stimulate the economy. And he was saying that something very simple, yet fascinating, which I find interesting. He was saying that uh, if you took a closed economy which in theory now doesn't really exist anymore because you can exchange currencies between you know each country so easily in each country's currency that like to have a closed economy would be actually quite an accomplishment. But if you were to take a closed economy and increase the cash supply by 10%, inflation would directly increase by 10%. There'd be like a pretty equal exchange there of, of, of cash reserve increase to inflation increase. And, uh, he said, well, around COVID, globally, on average, in the past 12 months, because keep in mind, I had this estimate with him in March, which was right around, obviously, the one-year mark of COVID, at least in North America, where it hit last, um, that he said the global cash reserve has, on average, gone up by 10% as a result of COVID. So... Not that it's technically a closed economy, but it is also a closed economy in a sense because there's no, there's nothing outside of global economy. I mean, there's no, uh, you know, there's there's nothing else we can compare to. So globally, our cash supply has increased by 10%. So we haven't really been prepared yet for the inflation increase of 10%. And so people are spending that money that they're getting in subsidization, especially in Canada, not quite realizing that those dollars uh, are actually quite inflated and the money that people are saving and investing safely or it's just like the way that we behave around money per dollar he said is very likely to change in the next 18 months he said like well that's very interesting 2021 he said 2021 and 2022 are going to be like great years he's like don't sell your investments don't don't you know do anything to sell but i mean obviously he wasn't telling me what to do with my portfolio he's speaking more generally but he said in 2023 and 2024 maybe even 2025 things are going to get really brash like governments are going to cut back significantly on funding and subsidization you're going to see people kind of go through some hard times because they could easily default on their mortgages He's like, we're gonna, we're, we're coming into a pretty hard like three to five year period of financial times once the subsidization runs out and COVID kind of becomes a bit of a something we got under control, and uh, and it was just really interesting to talk to him about it. Ended up staying there for an extra like forty minutes just chatting with him about this, but yeah, it was interesting. I like, I mean, it, it's an interesting kind of <clears throat> way of looking at it. Like in, in, theoretically, like in a closed economy, if you raise a ten percent. And then if you look at the earth as a closed economy. Yeah, it's like you don't have moon dollars. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But like where that inflation would take place would be regional at that point. And regional and market selective. So it's like it could it could collapse the housing economy. It could, you know, where is it going to go? Right. I mean, collapse the housing economy is a bit of a brash statement, but uh, it's just going to like we haven't. This is how, like, he's like, you know, I'm not going to say there's going to be, a, you know, a, a global market crash or anything. But he said, these are the, this is essentially the symptomology of it. Where we're in that yeah. kind of gray zone where we haven't quite realized the inflation power of the money that's been printed. And that's currently what we're going through right now, right? Like, well, it's interesting how that interacts with, uh, like, psychologically with us humans, right? Cause, I mean, mm-hmm. this is like, this is the uh economist viewpoint but like yes. psychologically even like like he kind of tied into that a little bit like mm-hmm. the, um, how because money is so freely available right now people are kind of like acting as if it's like uh i guess in a way they're acting as if it's worth less as in like they can just acquire more right and so they're being a little bit more uh fr- they're not being very prudent let's say with yeah and it's not like warren buffett's quote you know be cautious when others are greedy and greedy when others are cautious right like it's well like- it's an interesting here. thing, right? Um, I was actually talking about uh, with one of my clients, and he has a landscaping business, and he's obviously doing exceptionally well, yeah. like anyone in trades right now. And him and I were chatting, and I was actually kind of surprised at how, like, um, maybe I was judging him too harshly, but I, I was surprised at how like strategic he actually was. He's like, yeah, no, like you know, like I run a landscaping business, we're doing exceptionally well, but I, I really do think it's going to slow down. He's like, yeah, you know, I thought about buying a new truck this year, but you know, I, I think I'm going to hold off because you know. I just, I don't, it's hard to say what's going to happen next year and the year after. I'm like, that's a really smart move on your part. Yeah. Because I bet, yeah. you know, because right now, for example, one thing that I've, you know, very thoroughly enjoyed is seeing a lot of my competitors in the painting world buying new trucks and, you know, buying lifted or lifted trucks or just making expenditures that I'm like, ah, yes, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, John, I mean, not that this would have a direct financial impact on you. But if that behavior were to happen at scale, that's actually the problem. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it this way, like even um, a, a more close close example, like close to home, is a really good friend of mine um, recently uh, is buying a penthouse, and yeah, and like a penthouse condo. Buying, yeah, well, I mean, I think well, yeah, penthouse condo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a condo. Yeah, but it's like top floor. It's got like yeah, twenty yeah. foot ceilings. So it's like a you know rooftop patio with a hot tub, like the whole shebang. And, uh, and you know, and it's it's going to cost him significantly more. He had to sell a bunch of his, uh, just a bunch of other things in order to make this purchase happen. And and uh, it's going to you know, it's just it's going to be a huge cost on his on his on, you know it's a huge cost to him, right? Like something like mm-hmm. forty two grand a year or something like that um, was like the total cost like for mortgage and et cetera, right? and uh in today's dollars at least mm-hmm. and you know it's a it's you know and, and he he makes fantastic money but currently he does and i couldn't help but think that like you know just from a st- strategic side you know you wouldn't want to count count your chickens before they hatch essentially well yeah one thing well one thing i thought was interesting was like uh what percentage of income he's viewing it as is based off of this year's highly inflated income yeah versus not your five-year average income which i think i know i know i've spoken about a lot on the podcast mm-hmm. but I, I really like to look at things at five-year averages right because if your five-year average is like way lower than your current then you should 
maybe reflect on why that's the case. Because mm-hmm. one of my favorite quotes is, uh, if you have um, if you have a duck that's in a pond while it's raining and the water is is rising, eventually the duck will start thinking that he's the one raising the water. <laughs> that's really, really, that, John, I think that's probably the most accurate quote we could use to summarize what I shared about that economist and what we just spoke about. Because it would be so insane of me to kind of go and like, oh man, or like, and, and I've, and we've talked about this a lot as a, as a company as well. Um, you know, we're in a residential improvement service during a time where people are forced to stay at their properties. So are we going to go tooting our own horns here? Or are we going to just call a spade a spade? I'm sure we're doing a great job, but I'm also sure there's a lot in our favor. So, you know, maybe like I would ha- I would have hated to be a painter during the 2008 market crash. That would have sucked. Right. I imagine. I don't know because I was. Twelve. But, um, you know, I imagine it would have sucked. So I guess like, I I think you're right, John, I'm taking this opportunity to um, this year, you know, like the earnings that we can make this year and what we're doing is like, you know, how can we prepare for the storm in a sense? Well, uh, I mean, not only turning into preppers. Yeah, well, you know, but you know what's the interesting thing about preparing for the storm is that uh, actually, you know, okay, here, here's and this is I think it's similar. So I was talking with a friend, and you know, he, he recently, um, him and his girlfriend broke up, um, and I know that I'm going to tie this back in. Don't trip. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he, him and his girlfriend recently broke up, and, and him and I were just kind of talking about it, and I was kind of listening, and we're kind of going back and forth a little bit, and we're just we're just basically having a conversation about it. And we, and, he, and we kind of got to the point where it's like, you know, like, like, what do you think I should do? Right. And I'm like, well, mm. you, you basically have two choices. You either, maybe this is a false dilemma, but you basically have two choices. You either try and get her back right now, like, and, and, and put a bunch of effort into that. Right. Cause he clearly lo- still loves her. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you just go and live your life elsewhere and just move on from it. Right. And just, you know, that time will, you know, cause if you, if you go after her, then like that will continue to add fuel to the fire so like you won't get over her per se Mm -hmm. but if you go the other way and just don't give any attention to her then um you know eventually you'll just move on like it's just she's not gonna be the you know she's the half life of this event will will pass okay and i said but luckily the right choice regardless is is to move on because if you move on right? That's a, that's a strategy in seduction, right? In that you actually will become more desirable to her to most likely, okay? If she has any feelings for you, you will most likely become more desirable because you, you, you're you just, you're nonchalant. You don't care anymore, right? And and I was actually referencing <laughs> Robert Greene's Art of Seduction yes. and how this, there's a push and pull mechanic here. So I said, whether you're trying to get her or forget her, you that's the move her. to make. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, it's a win-win, right? So when people say, oh, I'm prepping for the storm, I'm always like, yeah, but like, or, like, like, is that ever, is that never not the move to make? Like, right. Because if you prep for the storm, you win. If the storm hits, uh, like if the storm doesn't hit, you win. If the storm hits, you win. That's well, that. I mean, like, I guess is, it, is that, it, that, it depends on, yeah. I mean, it depends on what your um, goals, assuming the, pre- assuming the prep that you're doing for the storm has tangible use whether the storm hits or not Mm -hmm. like so Mm -hmm. an example for me is and and you know 
is like investing my money into thing income producing income mm-hmm. producing assets mm-hmm. regardless of whether the storm comes and i my business sinks or i just my income gets affected or those assets go down in value etc i'll still have income right mm-hmm. and that would be good regardless of whether this, this hypothetical storm comes yeah like what use like it, yeah, I just I find it interesting that like anyone would think that not prepping for the hypothetical storm would ever be a good idea. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting, and uh, I'm not going to take this opportunity to tie it back to delayed discounting, but is it is a bit of delayed gratification? It is right. Uh, like if well, you totally, totally like think, uh, can you actually get delayed discounting to Noah's Ark? I know you can do it. <laughs> Because think about it. I mean, every uh, yeah. day that he every day that he spends building the ark, right, is one day that's closer to completion. Right. But but maybe he doesn't enjoy building the ark. So every day he spends enjoying things that he would normally enjoy in his personal life without preparing for the flood is that. So it's like, how much do you discount the future to the point, you know? Yeah, it's like the question would be, would you rather have one day of uh, a vacation or one day off now or work 10 hours on the arc and have an 80% chance at your goal. Right. So like, there's like that, the thing with Noah's Ark though is, and the thing that about delayed discounting, which is a little bit too, um, it's a little bit too picture. Uh, what's the word? It's a little bit too, uh, ideological in a sense, because, it's very hard to make parameters that are guaranteed outcomes in both options in real life. Right. Well, no, but no, I, I don't yeah. think so. Like, okay. or, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yes, you're right. But like, but in this situation, like okay. for example, and, and I know we're going to stick with the Noah's Ark example. Yeah. Like there's two situations. Either he starts working on the Ark and the, the flood hits before he finishes and all that time mm-hmm. he spent on the Ark is hypothetically wasted. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So that's like the the prepper mentality is spend every waking minute building this arc because we have no idea when the flood's yes, coming. Yes, yes. And the like uh, Epicurean, okay, um, you know, like nihilist attitude is like, dude, just fucking live your life the way you want to live and just have fun because we don't know when we're going to die anyways, right? So like why waste any time? Yeah. Do anything, right? Those are the two polar opposites. Somewhere in the middle would be like, okay, I'm going to work eight hours a day and then I'm going to enjoy myself for four. So that's like, I'm going to hedge my my bets a little bit by having some fun in the evenings right but yeah but another way of looking at it too is that once you have the arc done appending you there's like a low maintenance schedule it it has a tangible value mm-hmm. right so now essentially if the flood never came you have infinite days of fun that you can have right Right, so it's but like that's, how much that's what do, I'm saying how is much that, do that you is discount a that future infinite time? Because if you're on the flood, if you're yeah. on the ark and everyone else is drowning, you're like, "What's up, bitch?" Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, but <laughs> like you know, because like you're like, oh, dude, I would have loved to see Noah's ark like this. Yeah, I know. Basically, no, but yeah. no, no, dude, you know that someone, you, dude, like you know, it's just human nature. You know that someone walked by and is like, "Look at Noah, just thinking he's so much better than yeah. building his ark." Like. The flood's not going to come for like way longer, right? And then meanwhile, when the flood happened, Noah's like, Psh, dude, like you yeah, guys, yeah. you know, but then, but then, so then he's on the boat and he's having a good time or the flood never comes and he's just got this boat for when a flood maybe does 
eventually come and he's just enjoying himself right so and, here's the thing right you are correct. higher quality enjoyment you're so correct with that scenario you just proposed of those yeah, contingencies yeah. however yeah, yeah. they are contingencies because yeah you yeah, don't yeah. know when the thing's going to happen so delayed discounting can only really be measured accurately if there's no like John, would you rather have $1,000 now or I could give you $1,500 in a month? Either one's guaranteed. Like there's no, like just pick one, right? I can actually measure your behavior with 100% outcome. But if you're proposing the, the Noah's Ark model, it's like, would you rather have uh, all the time off and there's only a 20% chance that the flood hits or would you rather work every day and there is still a 20% chance that the flood hits? Way more complex. Right, yeah, exactly. So like, anyway. But it is important to notice that uh, I'm going to go a little bit further here and pull, uh, there's something called prospect theory. Anybody that's a, a Daniel Kahneman, uh, an Amos Tversky fan of, of thinking fast and slow, we've talked about that book often. Uh, two really, really well-known uh, behavioral economists, Nobel Prize winners, actually. Um, they actually won the Nobel Prize for this theory called prospect theory that essentially proves that we are more risk-seeking when it comes to avoiding costs compared to achieving reward. So this actually ties in perfectly with what you're saying, John. So the idea is that um, if you took two scenarios, okay, so scenario one, would you rather have, would you rather, um, well, just to summarize it a little bit, I'm going to repeat myself. Prospect theory states that you are more risk-seeking or more risk-friendly. You're okay with more risk when it comes to avoiding an averse outcome. Versus, what does aver averse mean? So like you would be more uh, risk-taking, Emmer, if it was to avoid a cost than gain a reward. Yeah, I agree. So you would be a lot more like willing to roll the dice if it meant you could... Um, avoid losing some money that you already have versus gaining new money that you don't have. Just out of curiosity, and I'm not sure like if this is a stretch, yeah. but like, is that does that offer any explanation as to like why someone would chase their losses? Because you know, so essentially, it, it the so so they essentially proved that psychologically the uh here i'm just going to pull this up because there is a classic example that i don't want to get wrong uh the pain from losing a thousand dollars can only be compensated by the pleasure of earning two thousand dollars so if somebody robbed you by by taking a thousand dollars from you in order to psychologically outweigh that pain you would need to earn more than a thousand dollars yeah that makes sense yeah so they Apparently won the double. Nobel Prize for that. And and it is really interesting how they proved it. Um, I do want to find that classic example, though. Um, I feel like we need a Jamie. Jamie, pull that up. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'm going to find it here. But essentially, it's the idea that... Uh, so you're, what you're saying is people would... But but it's interesting though because I mean that doesn't the or the arc example people would I don't I don't I'm not convinced that people would actually like build the arc. 
Yeah. Because like, people don't prep for the storm. Um, and there's a lot more factors. I mean, if you isolate, then sure, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because I, I I don't find that people do prep. I mean, there's so many other factors when you get into like the real world of yeah, because there's different storms. I mean, you can easily answer that question when it comes to like insurance. You can just look at how many people pay insurance for different things like life insurance. That's kind of preparing That's for strong. But there's there are different types of storms like bankruptcy. Right? Like, are you putting money away? Like, are you saving? That's one way to prep for a storm. But there's even a level above that, which is what we're doing. We're investing in real estate. We're preparing for like 50 storms. It's true. Right? So I think there's levels to it. But I'm curious, um, John, how has your week been, man? Because I do sense uh, you're, uh, yeah, just tell me what's going on. <laughs> what, what do you sense? Yeah. When we when we first joined the call, you just seemed more a bit brash. Maybe there was something on your mind or something that you didn't. What's finish. brash? This this is a common. This, this yeah, is like this the is the word. third time brash has been used. Yeah, this is the word of the episode. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, maybe yeah, I've used it twice. It. Yeah. What 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 does brash mean? Harsh. Uh, just a a bit. Um, I guess. Brash is the only way to say it. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Self-assertive. There you go. That's a. <laughs> I, I is am I not normally self-assertive? <laughs> no, no. I don't no. know. I don't I know. You, I, I don't I know. Think if, normally, I don't you're know quite if pleasant. Has ever been. No, but is, is self-assertive not? Is that the opposite of pleasant? No. Sometimes you can like a person can be self-assertive in an unpleasant way. My week was fantastic. I, I had, okay, that's that's the question. Yeah. That's the question. Great. I okay. had <laughs> I had vir- virtually like you know as close to a stress free week as one could possibly wow. have. Um, you know, I'm I'm in an incredibly you know favorable position to basically accomplish everything I'd want to accomplish in my life this year, and uh, wow, you know, I'm I'm just having a, an excellent time living life. I um. Matter of fact, it's it's even like it's dub. even better. It's actually even better than that because <laughs> I um no. <laughs> I want to hear this. Even, this is amazing. No, the reason why I say it's even better than that is because I um, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I was like in a pretty dark place over the last like you know, like not week before, but week before that, week before that, like there was a, like a six week stretch there where I was like just in a real dark place. Like I was, I was digging super deep to like hit these sales numbers. And I was having to really push myself into really uncomfortable, you know, areas that I hadn't really explored, not only within myself, but also just within the dialogue with another human. Like I got into some incredibly uncomfortable situations, really pushing myself, you know, really trying to force people to make a decision, but also like just actually sit in, 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 in these conversations and, and weather the storm and, you know, book these jobs, but, but also just pushing myself and, you know, I just got to a really dark place there for a little bit. It was fine. I mean, I was I, I was managing it. Like, I, I, I knew that I was, you know, in a safe place. But I was definitely like, fuck, this is really hard, right? Mm. And um, and so I've kind of yep. now I'm, I'm kind of on the like the kind of like coming out of the tunnel and then all that sun's just like beating on you and you can feel the warmth and it's just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about the March. I was also in a very dark place in March. March was yeah. terrible. Yeah. March Jesus. was, uh, well, I wouldn't say it was terrible. I mean, like... It was I, don't rough. Know, I don't know if you can relate to this, Wrong but yeah, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I was having, 
tremendous success, but it was coming at a, 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 a mental toll because it was, I was just doing things that were incredibly uncomfortable for me. You know, oh, no, no. To, there was yeah. just a lot of growth that I was going through and like, I just had a lot of growing pains with things and things like that and managing my, I, I mean, really, I was just having a lot of difficulty managing myself. Everything else was going fine in my life. Got it. Yeah, no, I actually do remember it. No, no, no. Mar my march was very unsuccessful. Like, I had no results. That That's what was rough about it. But yeah, man, but I think that's uh, what gives you more confidence to go do, go out and do better things. It's what Robert Greene says. If you, uh, if you don't weather any storm, then you're going to have less confidence in your abilities and your skill sets and maybe take less risks. So I think I think that's a good thing, man, but I'm, I'm glad to hear your weeks yes. doing yes. good. Yeah, yeah, like there wouldn't be any great generals if there was never war, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, right? Mm -hmm. Awesome, what about you, man? My week? Yeah. Uh, my week was actually kind of interesting. I had- How much uh, did you book? Uh, big week for me. Uh, I booked 53,000 this week. <sighs> Covers his yep, mouth. Yep. Yeah. It's a secret. It's a secret. It takes, it takes the pressure off, eh? It's a secret. Yeah, it helps. I mean, it's... Um, so it's kind of interesting. Like, I, I, I sat down for dinner tonight with Miranda, and I was like... And that's the most I've ever booked in a week in my four years as an operator. Mm. And oh, wow. I was just like... <clears throat> I was just like, I booked 53 fucking thousand dollars this week. And yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like that because <clears throat> I essentially had a 13K quote come in on on Tuesday. And that like whenever you have a big quote hit earlier in the week, kind of just you kind of just forget about it in terms of, well, at least I do in terms of like contributing to your end of week sales targets. And then um, I had a, I was supposed to do a production start with one of my operators on Saturday who lives about an hour and a half away. And it was the start of like, he's a veteran operator, big, big full interior that he was starting with a new crew. So I just wanted to be there for, um, for the, for, as his production start. And then it got rescheduled because of like some complications around the notary and gaining access to the house, which kind of was a bit of a bummer. But think about it this way on Friday at 1 PM, which was my five year anniversary with Miranda, I get, Ooh. I get a call from, from my operator saying, yo, we can't start this job tomorrow. It's being pushed to Monday. And so I'm like, oh damn. Like I essentially had you in my schedule the entire day. And now I have no estimate set up for myself. So I was like, man, I'm going to make a big ask here. So like I committed to Miranda that I wasn't going to work at all on Friday or had like a sliver of time in the day to go work. Cause we were supposed to have a nice day plan. Well, we did have a nice day plan for our anniversary. I was like, look, this happened. If I can go make an hour and a half of calls, I will like, I will forever, like it would just make the biggest difference because or else I'm just going to be sitting around here tomorrow doing not, not a lot. Right. And, um, and she's like, okay, whatever, you know, like you suck. It's her five year anniversary. Five <laughs> no, no, years she, she was, she was, she was super, super, super supportive of it. And so I went and made an hour and a half of calls scheduled in three big estimates. And it was able to do three estimates on uh, on Saturday, and then I booked 18k on Saturday, and then another, I guess, 18 yeah, plus. So it was just like it kind of just all pieced together, and then I had like a 10k quote from February come through last minute. That was like boom, 53k, and it was just like it didn't feel like a lot, but it, it was a nice weight lifted off my shoulders just with advancing sales. Um, but yeah, no, great week. I oh, mean, we crazy. celebrated uh, five years together. So like, it's kind of kind of strange. I mean. We've been together since we were 19 and we're both now 24. 
So it's just like a very interesting part, uh, part of your life, right? So, um, yeah, it was well, kind of it's kind of interesting just to reflect. Mm. Well, yeah, so especially what, if yeah. I think back of like what I was like when I was nineteen versus what I'm like now. Uh, exactly. And, and having you guys like do that together, like have you like have you guys? Yeah, can, like can you reflect? on Well, that at all? we were joking at dinner on Friday about how like uh, when we started dating, I used to come home from work at five and just have like I'd just be like I'd just be done work you know what i mean like there was no like what oh, a gonna... concept i know i know what, uh, you what did like, you what did you do for work at the time i was a painter oh for another operator actually yeah, yeah dude so I would that's come 2017 home... yeah so uh we actually started dating in 2016 so i was i was wow. a painter in 2016 yeah. pretty interesting so she met you when you were a painter yeah yeah dude wow what an investment yeah oh no thanks yeah man. dude she cut she bought that stock at the right time <laughs> yeah that's what that's what i mean yeah. well that's so, so so i guess like we were kind of laughing about how like how much our lives have changed because her as well like she was working uh three jobs and putting herself through college and now you know she's about to take her real estate provincial exam next week and already has a job lined up at like a really good firm and and mm-hmm. i'm you know doing great with coaching and and running my own business and it's just so interesting like five years Mm -hmm. you know like just went by like this and uh and and so much has changed but like you said john totally different person um coming like you know when i started dating her i would come home to her mom's house in gatineau covered in paint or stain i would absolutely destroy her shower because I would be like scraping all of this crap off my hands. I'd have to like clean the shower with all the stain and paint I was washing off of my oh. myself. And I was just like this guy that would come over for dinner like once or twice a week um, and and would be done work. Like I remember she's like, remember that it used to be like completely done. Like you wouldn't do anything oh, after 5 p.m. And I was like, man, that must have really like when did that change? Like there was not really like a there wasn't really like a line in the That's sand. That's interesting. Well, I think that's the difference between a career and a job. For mm-hmm. sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's, that's super. How well, long have you and, and uh, Trisha been together, John? Three, just over three years. Okay. Yeah. So, so you met her when you were already operating a business. So she doesn't really know you sans, sans business, right? Oh, dude. Yeah. She doesn't know the Wendy's, John. Yeah. You know, I, I wish, um, well, I mean, we, we, we've obviously discussed a lot of it. I do really wish that Trisha, because Trisha's never really known me for anything but, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I've am sure i grown in those three years, but she, she, I don't think she's, she knows like what I used to be like, you know, um, which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say for your next anniversary, yeah. you should just like bring a whole bunch of drugs and just be like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it, but, um, no, but in the sense that like Austin, like I would imagine that, you know, part of the contributing factor as to why you guys have such a great relationship is because you both have improved and grown so much. It's actually insane. Five years. Yeah. It's quite insane. Yeah. Whereas, you know, um, yeah, where, where, whereas you may not be together if, if you hadn't have, you know, made, made those changes, right? Well, I mean, it's kind of a tough thing to explain because we were both, um, I would say like one thing that we were both really connected on. And I remember this earlier, on, earlier on in our relationship is like, we both were very, uh, 
hardworking people that often complained and I mean, I feel like a lot of people are like this too, but just complained about the position they had or the job they had and like always complaining to each other about how our direct reports or supervisors at work were just like not doing their job correctly and not doing this and not doing that. And I remember the day that I was approached by um, one of the district managers at Student Works to go and... and who, who was it? Um, it was actually... It was Pat. Wow. Pat, yeah. And he called me and he's like, hey, like, you know, obviously Gabe's leaving. Have you thought about operating? And and I was like, yeah, maybe. And, and then I went into an interview. And I just remember how nervous I was for this interview, right? Like, as an operator, like, I, I had only been a painter before and all this stuff. And um, I was so nervous. And then I got to the interview with Pat and the final interview with Chris and um and i remember miranda just telling me like dude like you gotta just relax like we've spent hours after work just like talking about how much you do things differently and how much you change this and that and like you already know what you're doing and you've worked in the business for two years many people that get these positions don't even have any experience like you're you got it like just just totally like i've talked about things i'd do if i was in your position You've talked about things that you do if you were in your position. Just tell them that, and I think you'll be fine. And I just remember, like, that kind of, like, you know, support behind me. I don't think I would have really done as well. I mean, I don't I don't know if I wouldn't have got hired. I think that would have been maybe a stretch, but also just, like, the support, yeah. What What made you go to that interview? Like, why, why did you want that? Well, it's a great question because at the time I was doing a, you know, I was doing a, an honors or a, like an honors undergrad and I had to do a thesis and I had to be in Montreal for most of the year. And, uh, I don't know why logistically I thought starting a business two and a half hours away was a good idea, but I just knew that like, this was an opportunity that I was going to not really have for another, maybe 10 years. If I turn this down, like who knows the next time I can so have it, you say like FOMO, FOMO, hundred percent FOMO. And also wow. though, and it was driven a little bit by ego, I would say, or even a substantial amount by ego, because I had this desire to like, I had worked for a business that I thought was just rather inefficient. Mm. So I had this desire to like, I want to, and I've complained too much about it to not take a stab at it. You know what I mean? How many years did you paint for? Uh, well, I was at two, but I was like, I guess you would call a production manager for the second year. That's um, oh, so interesting that you had the experience as a painter. Yeah, mm. but you know what's interesting is that the year I was a production manager, uh, we actually did less revenue than that operator's rookie year. So it was just like kind of a debacle in the second year, I would say. Not not a debacle, but I would just what, say what, like what, underperforming. Why, why do you think that happened? Just a complete breakdown. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't really want to point fingers because like I'm still really good friends with this person and absolutely respect, you know, we're great friends and and we can talk about it openly. I mean, it's just that the business itself was inefficient. I wasn't doing things correctly. He wasn't doing things correctly. Our clients were kind of left in the dark. Painters were late, you know, organization was was popping off. But I knew that like I could do this better. Mm. you know and then that's why i decided to go into it and then i did it really well my first year and then honestly with patrick's coaching too because without patrick as my coach and and miranda really pushing me like i would have totally just been the guy that's like 
reasonable goal setting. Oh, well, you know, I did 150 this year. I could probably do 180 next year. You know, like that type of person who's just like really strategic, linear, calculated, academic, I guess you could say, right? Um, yeah, and I just wouldn't have done any of the numbers that I've done. Like, you know, from my first year to my second year, like put it this way, when I worked for, his name's Gabe. So when I worked for Gabe, uh, I we did, I think it was 150 or 150, maybe like 157 or something. Then we did 150 on the dot. Then in my rookie year, I did 157, the exact same as his rookie year. And then in my vet year, the year after, I did 345. So it was just like, whoop, okay, I'm I, this is like playing at a new level here. And then the next year I did 320 and DM'd five people. And then this year and started a master's degree. And then this year I'm finishing a master's degree, DMing eight people, doing four to five hundred. So it's just like each year just trying to get better and better. And, and it wouldn't have really happened without some of these key people that I met like years ago. Gabe being one of them. Gabe, I actually met, well, I met growing up with him, played hockey together, but he convinced me to be a painter for him at a party that I was attending kind of on a whim um, and hadn't seen the guy in like three years. And he's like, dude, you still working at IGA? Yeah, it sucks. You should definitely come be one of my painters. And I was like, Gabe, you're 18 years old. You're starting a painting business. You're an idiot. Why would you do that? And he was like, trust me, man, it's with this company called Student Works. It's great. You should learn all about it. Come to an interview, see what happens. Six years later. Super interesting. I, I imagine that um, one thing that you, well, I suppose I would have it to some degree, but one thing that you probably have that I, you, you probably have a greater appreciation for your position because you were a painter. So much more. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I was a sales manager, yeah. Before I started my, my yeah, first yeah, year same with works. you, right, Amber? So you actually experienced the business again from like, isn't there some value there? And not that like, hundred percent, Michael. No, but obviously, okay. There's value for like getting your foot in the door, gaining experience. But I'm talking about the value of simply watching someone make any mistake. Like, I make mistakes, and Mark gets to watch me make mistakes if he's going to take this over or anybody else in my business right like there's just value to watching someone else make a mistake totally oh, but you I, know I what the funny even... thing is the funny thing is i never saw michael make a mistake you're kidding no he makes mistakes. I, he, he was so, he does but he hides it so well okay <laughs> and that actually was a huge driving factor because it's like dude this guy who seems like perfect and i still felt like i can do better than him because my ego was just like okay the so was it know? more ego for you then <laughs> Uh, no, no. To me, it just made rational sense. It was like, I used to work at a bank and then I was a food runner and I would make like 16 bucks an hour. But then working with Michael, I don't get paid per hour as a sales manager for his painting company. I would get paid 10% of whatever I sold. So I can sell like a million and I'll make a hundred thousand. To me, that was like insane that there was no cap on what I could earn. And then I saw, well, if you're a business owner, you can make like three to four times that you make 30%, 40% of how much you whoever you can sell and actually deliver the service on. So to me, that just seemed like a no brainer to to become a business owner because yeah, it just yeah. means more commission. Yeah. And I never wanted a, a, a job that I don't get paid for my results. So I'm like, what? Well, I should just run my own business. And that's how I get well, into it. I was even like, even like you guys' appreciation for um, like working as a painter and just realizing not that not that our painters make terrible money i mean you know 
some of my painters' paychecks are actually bigger than my paychecks were when I yeah, was in my first year. Of, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, actually, matter of fact, almost all my painters make more every two weeks than I made in my first year yep. as a first year operator. But point being, uh, just appreciation for you know just just uh, I guess the the benefits of being a business owner. It's pretty insane. We're we're very lucky people, man. Yeah, unfortunately, like, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, it's like. I don't know, like to the people um, that have joined StudentWorks, it's also like kind of interesting to see the, the path that they took to get in there. Because like I said, I was convinced to attend an interview by uh, Gabe at a party that I attended like last minute. Um, and the only reason Gabe was hired as an operator was because a clipboard was passed around his one of his business classes at Concordia. And the only reason that Gabe was sitting in a business classroom as a fine art student was because his dad uh, said, hey, you should probably take some business courses because his dad owns a hotel chain or a hotel, a very nice hotel in Wakefield. So like it's just all these things are just like so unlikely. It's like takes that one class that gets the one clipboard passed around. He signs, he gets a call. He goes to the interview to become an operator. He's the one person that gets hired. I attend, I attend a party where he hires me. It's just like, I become a painter for two years. All of these, like you look back and you're just like, how, how did this, by the way, if you, if you follow that logic and reason back to it's, like when you were born and like I know, your parents I know. meeting, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. no, no, the odds are one in 14 trillion that you are where you are now. Isn't that crazy? How do you figure that out? Is that like a... I remember seeing that somewhere and I was like, there's like the math. You have to be it. like a specific age, I guess, for those odds to make yeah, sense. Yeah, but... yeah. But but point being, it's... it's, it's yeah, I know. Right, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Even the, like, because I was a clipboard franchisee as well. Like, just even like the odds of that. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't I don't mean it in a bad way at all. Just It's just, what's the odds? Like, it's a, yeah. the fact that like, the fact that I found out about this through a clipboard is just so crazy. <laughs> John, like, like you signed a clipboard how long ago? Uh, it would have been, uh, Seven it would have been like, it would have been like September or October of 2015. So six years ago, give or take, right? Six and a half years. Maybe, 20, maybe 2014 then. Okay. So seven, seven and a half years ago, give or take. And if you wanted to in about another, I don't know what your financial situation's like, but Three years. Uh, three years you could retire? Yeah. Three years. Dude, from the day you signed that clipboard, 10 years later, <laughs> you can <could> retire? <laughs> That's yeah. insane, man. That's pretty insane, yeah. 10 years people after like, you wrote your name down, you can People who have no context, they're like, what is this clipboard? Yeah. Where do I find it? <laughs> There's like people like scurrying around, Dude, they're yeah. researching they're magical like, clipboard, clipboard near me. Yeah, magic <laughs> clipboard yeah, it's, near me. Yeah, well, it's pretty interesting, really. Oh well, do you know God. what's do you, uh, like? Um, uh, well, Amber, you you broke the rookie record. Yeah. Austin, how was your rookie year? How was it? I was yeah, the like, same year as Amber. Uh, yeah, one fifty-seven. Not bad, I guess. Not great. Like okay, uh, yeah. number three. I was, I like I like at boat cruise because I mean I, I like I um, didn't go back to school, so I just like worked into after the fall. your first year. This is your first yeah, year. Like I, like, okay. I, like, yeah, yeah, like I, like I, like I, like I guess ever since touching a paintbrush with student works, I never went back into a classroom. Ooh. Like I finished my first year and then Ooh. I just kept painting. Yeah, like I never went back in the fall. Huh. Yeah, but so in my first year at boat cruise, I finished at like seventy two. 
So like, nice. what's even one thing that I find crazy as well is, is like, how the hell, like, 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 like that transition even from you going sold that in a from, week this year. Uh yeah, that's true. Think about that. Well, it's because he's goddamn consistent. How many no, people know, do you know, know that run a painting business for seven and a half years? No, I, I, I get that, but. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's tiring all this money. Oh, man. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's uh no it's just it's just interesting when you reflect back on things because it's like kind of like the frog in the warm like in the water that's getting hotter and hotter you never really fully appreciate the, the temperature of the water mm-hmm. until it's like you know obvious yeah mm-hmm. hmm. wow that's interesting i mean it's just kind of like i i enjoy kind of like reminiscing and reflecting and also learning like there's so many hard and painful lessons along the way there um that that definitely i would be terrified of encountering uh when i started out and now that you look back and you're like man am i ever glad i i went through that and, and did that and had to deal with that well, person and it's kind of like the obstacle is the way a little bit by ryan holiday but anyway. well yeah the impediment to action and yeah is action 100 well you know interesting enough i actually had a kind of a, a moment with one of my painters uh him and i were t- t- chatting and and uh, he was like oh yeah like i um He's like, I've been kicked out of like every single house I've ever lived in. I'm like, hey, no way, man. Me too. Like, you know, what's the, you know, what's the odds? And then we started like kind of talking about that. And it was just so interesting to like hear his story and how it was very similar to mine as well. Right. And, uh, but even just reflecting on that, like, it's just, it's just like, it's just crazy. Like, uh, how different your life can be from moment to moment. Right. Mm-hmm. If we keep doing this right and we stay focused. And we don't skip these Sunday calls. And we stay in integrity and we keep reading books. We should, in another seven years, look back at this moment and be like, dude, look at these scrubs. You know, look at episode 101. These guys had no idea. They played Zoe 101 at the beginning. Jeez. Yeah, like, what's wrong with these guys? (laughs) Yeah, well, we've talked about this before about how, how your current self is just your future self's past idiot. Yeah. 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 Well, it's um, interesting too, because I mean, cheer, cheers, boys. Well, it's yeah. in moments like this too, like when you think you're the man, you know, because you're having really raise success. your Griffin property bottles. <laughs> I got this Contigo one. Shout out, Andrews. Yeah. Shout out, Andrews. Is that one syllable? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give him too much credit Does until he, he makes us all. That's money. true, eh? Yeah. That's true. That's and true. Then, yeah. Yo, John, we're going in the same deal. I'm, all, I'm so hyped about it. Yo, has that. he started Keep that up. fund yet? No. no, he's going to do that in the fall. Okay. Not later. That's later. So. Knowing Matt, too, he'll like, yeah, like he'll, put he'll some like, ridiculous, yeah, he'll put some ridiculous uh, buy in amount. Mm. Actually, boys, I wanted to ask you this. Um, in the fall, I would love for you guys to go through my program and critique it down to the bone. And offer some improvements that I can make to it if you guys are open to it. What does that involve? Just like going, th- I'll pick like a couple of videos okay. in my program and I'll let you go through them. And then you'd look at the video as well as the resources. And then you just be like, yeah, no, this is good. Or no, you know, I would do this, I would change that. I probably wouldn't. Wouldn't what? I would. I would be open to it. Like I would, I would be open to like maybe like a few, but I probably wouldn't do the whole course. 
Yeah, that's why I said I'll pick a couple of videos. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, it's Just 40 like, hours. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know, no, man. No, like, yeah, that's like, too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. I would, I would enjoy it. If I pick a couple of videos, send you guys that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I was really excited. I, I meant to ask you that, guys that, so that's going to be exciting. And we also got a plan where we want, I guess we should probably do that in the summer when we have a better idea. Uh, you know what I say? Let's do it in fucking Texas. I, I actually don't oppose that at all. What, what, what's the meaning behind Texas, though? Is it just because it's more like I'm, I'm not America, opposed dude, to let's it? Just do it. <laughs> That's why. I also want to go to Austin, Texas. Yeah, I I think we should do it in Texas. Let's go on Rogan. We'll let Joe. We're coming to town, and uh, he could book us in. <laughs> we should just walk in. I want to go somewhere Joe? where they where they don't acknowledge COVID as much. Mm. yeah eritrea doesn't acknowledge COVID. catalina no. wine mixer that's the fucking catalina wine mixer yeah, it's a yeah. fucking catalina <laughs> it's funny every single i don't know why but like every single time we go anywhere where there's a bunch of people and it's like similar like i try and do it in the same tone like it's a fucking zoo here just a fucking zoo and i do that every time trish and i roll into like a mall <laughs> what is this a reference to stepbrothers uh stepbrothers oh okay yeah, yeah it's, like it's a fucking catalina wine mixer yeah that's hilarious well is this a is this a good place to rap here guys what do you think i think so i think the conversation's done. yeah if yeah. by rap you mean wor- whack versus no, wisdom, no 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 yeah, no 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 great time no for some no rap. no wait john you oh, don't have I, a quote yeah oh, i do exactly oh oh yeah no yeah when you said rap i thought you meant like rap yeah. song yeah yeah that's what i meant yeah oh man i have a song for you austin i uh yeah oh see. thanks thanks ever Thanks for picking one out special for me. Yeah, it's in, it's actually inspired with what you just shared with me about uh, you and uh, Miranda. Ooh, oh, it's a rap song. It's interesting that for whack we just pick rap songs. Like I bet we could pick like a country song and it would still be whack. There's some very whack songs that are not rap, but I also love rap. So I don't yeah, want to no, make it's this fine. torturous. I'm okay with All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Beyonce featuring Jay-Z. Oh my God. Here we go. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 605 million views. I've been drinking, I've been drinking I get filthy when that liquor get it to me I've been thinking, I've been thinking Oh, that song My fingers off it, baby, I want you Oh, but 
I'd like to see John read these lyrics. I yeah, guess I never really uh, never realized that they're kind of just as just as bad as like the typical ones. Can you zoom in? For some reason, it's smaller than it normally is. I feel. And uh, is it? I think you're getting older. I think you maybe yeah, just maybe. have to adjust your <laughs> zoom zoom settings zoom. or whatever. Yeah, your zoom zoom settings. Yeah. Okay. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. <laughs> I get filthy when that liquor get into me. I've been thinking. I've been thinking. Why can't I keep my fingers off it? Baby, I want you. Now, now. Why can't I keep my fingers off you? Baby, I want you. Now, now. Coachella, I want to hear y'all sing. Cigars on ice. Cigars on ice. Feeling like an animal with these cameras all in my grill. Flashing lights. Flashing lights. You get me faded, faded, faded. Baby, I want you. Now, now. Keep your eyes off my fatty daddy i want you drunken love how you doing over here i want you we woke up in the kitchen saying how the hell did this shit happen oh baby i can see you all the way all the way back there we be all night last thing i remember is our beautiful bodies grinding up in that club drunken love sing it y'all John, you just put Beyonce in a coffin. Beyonce's yeah. not coming out again. Yeah, man. That's so hilarious. There you go. That's so, so Beyonce versus views. John Morgan. This is a billion this views is, all across all platforms. Yeah. This easy. is uh, Leadership in Turbulent Times by Doris <laughs> Kearns Goodwin. <laughs> Doris versus Beyonce. <laughs> Doris Goodwin versus Beyonce. <laughs> What's Beyonce's oh, real name? Dude, I, I love this podcast. This is the best thing I've okay, ever done. Okay, here we go. What are the odds of this? All right, go ahead, go ahead. Among the many variants of leadership, scholars have sought to identify two seemingly antithetical types. Transactional, by the far more common, and transformational. Transactional leaders operate pragmatically. They appeal to the self-interest of their followers using quid pro quos bargains, trades, and rewards to solicit support and influence uh, and influence the behavior of their followers. Transformational leaders inspire followers to identify with something larger than themselves, the organization, the community, the region, the country, and finally, to the more abstract identification with the ideals of that country. Such leaders call for sacrifice in the pursuit of moral principles and higher goals validating such altruism by looking beyond the present moment to frame a future worth striving for that's amazing dude that was, is that not wow. just a fucking a great distinction that that i that i never had really thought of until this morning wow wow transactional versus is that not something you need to have in your course it, it, it definitely fits in there somewhere that. that fits somewhere i had never well, who's thought the, of who's the quote in that way uh, it's Lu- uh, Doris Goodwin. I had never thought of leadership in those two ways. Yeah. Because I'm a very transactional leader in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I think, actually, I, I did talk about this in the um, in my student work speech in 2019, which is one of the benefits of having a big goal in your business, one that's like going for the record or something like that, that's a that's something that can get the people in your business 100%. rounded up. Like, dude, we are the ones. Like, we're driving this. We're vessel. trying to do a million we're, dollars. We're creating yeah. history. Like, 
uh, I felt that really in my business, like that set, like second and last year was like, dude, the, the amount of extra mile that people were going to like hit the record and like to set, like make history. It was just like crazy. We're like, yeah, boys, we're going to be the first to like pass 400 K. We're going to be the first to pass half a million. We're going for it. And I would remember like these moments, these guys would go stay like extra hours. Cause they're like, yeah, we're like from Etobicoke from Toronto representing. So I've noticed that too, like even with my guys, like with ProWorks, it's a different mentality um, in, in, in the sense that like people know, like, like I think my guys like the idea that we are the largest residential painting company in Kelowna. Dude, I'm, yes. So like my guys like that. Like we're like, we're not, we're not just another prestige. painting company. We're the largest. We're going to do over a million dollars. There's a prestige associated with, you know, working for us and, and also just having bigger goals beyond that. But so, I mean, by pure chance, I have become a transformational leader. But for the most mm. part, I'm very transactional, right? Yeah. I think there's like a balance the, of I'll both. I'll give you... No. Yeah, you definitely would have to partake in transactions. Like, I'll give you this raise to do this much, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I, I, what, I what, employee, what stood but, out to me is in that quote, she doesn't talk about the the business. She talks about the community, the city, the country. Yeah, well, the book is about politics so that that would make more sense but yeah no but if you think about it um no but that's the context in which she's like no yeah yeah no i got it i got it yeah yeah. but didn't robert green talk about like how to start a cult like five steps to start a cult yeah he did to be uh, a cult leader you have to be a transformational leader mm -hmm. as well uh yeah it's like something bigger than you it's like create a cult cult like following yeah yeah that's actually something I'm, i'm trying to build with my business is like, oh, like, oh, you're in trade arc, you know, which, which takes time, yeah. but I think it's possible. It's one of the laws of power. Yeah. Create so a cult-like following. Mm-hmm. Or a cult-like appeal, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And he also says cult-like, not cult. No, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, dude, what a, what a good conversation. Well, we jumped from macroeconomics to nostalgia to Noah's Ark and uh to relationships to yeah. oh okay sorry actually you know just just on the thing on the on the same thought of like how the hell we jump from thing to thing this huh. is something i was going to mention earlier but i totally like didn't want to like interrupt austin but like so just so you guys can see the, the situation i'm in every single like every day basically so i um i have like a corner unit condo and it's just has like massive and just numerous windows. So basically, unless the blinds are closed, anybody, like, we're the top floor, but so like, no one can really see in, let's say, but anyone in the buildings next to us can just look straight into our Right, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I and we love having our windows open, and Trisha hates when I close the blinds because we don't even turn any lights on. It's just perpetually, like, yeah. bright in our condo. And I am always naked, basically, if I'm a I was about to, I was about to, I knew, <laughs> I knew where this was going. So, anyway, this was yeah, going. yeah, no, 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 so hold on, so get this, though, so, and, and this has happened multiple times, by the way, in, in, in Trish and I's relationship, um, I think Austin's power went out or something, um, but either way, uh, I think he's this getting naked, mul- this happened multiple times, no, 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 but I unplugged my lamp like, with I, my toe, I've been caught, like, multiple times just being naked, like, in multiple situations, uh, like, in, like, Anyway, point being, so I, the, the building next to me, all of their blinds, like if I wish I could are show closed. you, are closed. 
Yeah, I know because they know they all like like they, like ever since I've moved in, they all like started just closing their blinds because they just want to stop seeing me naked, right? So now I just have a monopoly on on like the airspace between our buildings because no one on that building, like they all just close their blinds except for except for this one old lady, who, and like kind of older, and she just sits at her table and reads like the newspaper or just like reads things or just like plays bridge with her friends, and her window's always open. And she's just always checking me out, and I'm I'm like. I wave at her and like she just sees me while and naked. I see her, dude, hundred percent. I just have no. I just don't care, right? So, oh and it's usually like at night because like I, I'm like butt ass naked and like and I have like I'm brushing my teeth and I like walk every single night when I'm brushing my teeth. I walk out and do a Captain Morgan stance at this one windowsill and just like look out. Like, dude, that's the city. insane. You're a psychopath. Yeah. Every single morning, I or sorry, every single night when I brush my teeth. So I'm John my Morgan, teeth, the Captain Morgan. This stands. is going to be used in your testimony against. Me. <laughs> so hold on, hold on. So, but so then, okay, okay, no bit of context of why I'm mentioning this. So there's this one chick who I walk by every single day for the most part, okay, um, or just because there's like an alleyway, like to get to the our our parking garage, and a lot of days, like when I'm going for a walk or a run, like I use this alleyway to like get to downtown where I could go for my run. And there's this one old lady that anytime I see her, she's always like super standoffish. Like I'm like, like unshot, like we've like, you know, the first time, the second time, third time. Okay, whatever. Right. But like the fourth and fifth time that you see someone in the back alleyway, it's like, dude, I live in this building. Like we should just be friends. Like why, why can't you smile? And I'm looking over during the podcast, like during this podcast. And I realized the chick that is across like that. I, Cause she looked across and I finally got a good glance at her. It's the same chick. So oh. she she must recognize me and be like, "Fuck you, dude! Like you're just yeah. that guy who's just always naked." That's the building. balls guy. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the just you know you know. Where was that when we were in Vancouver? That's the uh, yeah. Nice. We did, we, Amber and I didn't get the naked. Uh, she's looking. She's like, look at this young guy I just slinging dick off. here with no socks on. I feel you know, ripped just, off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I want my money back. Yeah. It's funny Why too. Are we um, doing this? It's funny too. Like Trisha's. Um, two very quick stories on this note because there's like a common I love, this is hilarious this is banter um so trisha's uh a, like a good like one of trisha's good friends that works for her at the hospital lives across the street from us uh and, and there's this one window like where we have like a bunch of these like plants and whatnot that i kind of like you know get captain morgan stance and i just like look out across the city as i'm brushing my teeth and and i'm just 100 naked every time i do this and so trisha one time was at work saying oh like like where do you live like to her friend and 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 it's a guy and he's like oh like i live like on richter and elliot and she's like no way we do too and, and she's like oh he's like oh like which building the purple one he's he's like oh yeah no way and she's like yeah we're the top right unit and he's like oh my god like are you the unit with the naked guy who always brushes his teeth and <laughs> i'm the naked guy you know and, then, so, like, and, and she's the, like I'm, that's my boyfriend i'm the yeah i'm the naked guy who just brushes his teeth every night and i guess that it's like like so it's like a thing hilarious. that they all like everyone across the street like in that building they just all know like that guy who's dude just, and at this point one, real estate agents you seem oddly proud units. you seem oddly well, proud I, that this is the i just don't I just I just don't have anything to be I'm just I don't care right, it's whatever right, right. Uh, but like but like I have always like but anyway so one time Trisha and I went to this uh, to this this like resort called Harrison Hot Springs and they had like this big tower at their hot springs and we were at the top floor of that this one time uh, sleeping there obviously like we, were, we rented this top floor uh, con or Anyways. hotel room anyway so we're, we're sitting there uh, or I'm sitting there again brushing my teeth you know captain morgan stands on the window yeah looking out at this like beautiful lake and whatnot 
And, and Trisha's like, everyone's going to see you because like you're naked. I'm like, Trisha, no one can see me. We're like 15 stories in the air or like whatever. Right. So the next morning we're like walking and I look up at our unit and it's like, it's clear as day. Like I can, like, I could literally like see the picture inside the fucking inside. <laughs> like I can, like, <laughs> like, it's so clear that like anyone looking up, you know, just like, I just, there's me just fucking stark naked in this room. Like there's, it, what's, there's what's no, wrong with underwear? Like, what's the problem with boxers? <laughs> That's John shrugging. You guys so, yeah, can't see. Way, there's, uh, there's all the stories of me. Well, I think that do- I think that just about does it. Thanks, John, for the that all that vivid imagery for our listeners. That'll be great. Um, all right. Well, what I think. Guy. I yeah, him. seriously. Um, all right. Well, see you next week, guys. <laughs> John Morgan the third, <laughs> the three at the end of his name is the three things people see every night. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the weekly call pod or through email at the weekly call pod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material. And just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.